Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and welcome to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI plus storytelling night I host and program. Queer Stories events happen regularly in Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne, and I'm also now hosting them in regional towns. If you enjoy these stories, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and consider buying a copy of the Queer Stories book, a collection of 26 of the stories edited by me and published by Hachette. I'm really proud of this collection and I hope you enjoy it too. Ellen van Nieven is a writer of Munanjali, Yagambe and Dutch heritage. Her first book, Heat and Light, was the recipient of the David Unapon Award, the Dobby Literary Award and the New South Wales Premier's Literary Awards Indigenous Writers' Prize. Heat and Light was also shortlisted for the Stella Prize, the Queensland Literary Award for State Significance and the Reddings Prize. Ellen's second book, a collection of poetry called Comfort Food, was shortlisted for the New South Wales... Look, there's a lot of awards. All of her work has received a lot of awards. I'd been wanting Ellen to perform at Queer Stories for ages, and I finally managed to book her for Melbourne in November 2018. Enjoy. The first day that I moved here, I joined a football club. I had planned on checking out a few local clubs, but I only went to one. It was March and the start of season was rapidly approaching and I didn't have the time to learn a new route. Brunswick Zebras was a short bike ride away from where I was living in Parkville, maybe 15 minutes if I was confident. But at first I'd often miss a turn off and get lost and it would take me more like an hour. (laughs) Right from the start, I was drawn to the ground that we played on, which backs onto the Merry Creek. On a cold, misty night, it can be the most peaceful place in Brunswick. So football's always been a massive part of my life, something that keeps me steady. I used to spend hours when I was growing up in the backyard sometimes with dad or my brother or my dog. I spend probably about eight hours a week watching games on TV and probably more than that, reading up on news sites and forums and playing fantasy football. (laughs) For me, it's a strong antidote to a world that doesn't always make sense. I know there's a game that I can watch I know I'm playing on Sunday, and I can tell you it's not fun to keep me from playing when I'm injured. But you know, this year, my second year NAM, and my second season with the Zebras, it hasn't just been football itself that's kept me steady. It's been the team. And I've been reflecting on what it means to be in a team and to have a team And I do think now that everybody needs a team. 
When I first moved here, there was straightaway people I thought I could be friends with. But a lot of those didn't work out in the way of sustaining contact. I still see those people sometimes, and I like them very much, but it's been the unexpected friendships that I've made that have shaped me and who I am in this city. None more unlikely than my football mate, Corinne. When I first met her, I didn't think we had anything in common. She was loud, mile a minute Californian, always telling inappropriate jokes and slide tackling opponents. <laughs> I was in contrast, shy, unassuming, and scared of contact on and off the field. I can't remember when Corinne first started offering me lifts to and from training and games. I do know that I was a bit nervous sitting next to her for those 15 minutes because I didn't think I had anything interesting to say. I do know Corinne was offering to go a long way out of her way to drive me. I'm not on her route. I'm a bit more not. No, this story is not going where you think it is. <laughs> She would be home way quicker if she wasn't dropping me off. <laughs> and the more I would assist, I would grab the tram instead, the more she would offer. I also know that lifts are such a gift, particularly in Nam's four seasons of winter. It has been a slow burn friendship. At the beginning, I just listened to Corinne talk about the strange office politics at her work and what her boyfriend had cooked for dinner without contributing myself. But multiply 15 minutes four times a week over a year, and well, our teammates notice we finish each other's sentences. We tease each other like siblings, and she knows what I'm thinking, it's pretty scary. Corinne's unexpected kindness is especially noticed when I've had a bad week. Now we see each other outside of football sometimes, go to the beach or grab a coffee, and we text the weird things that happen to us every day. And on the pitch, she's great to play with. She's a fantastic defender with an eye for attack, and I know she's got my back. So relationships like this one have helped to offset the loneliness that I feel um, here pretty strongly, actually. Um, it took me a while to ad admit that I was feeling lonely because I hadn't ever really been lonely before, which was quite a luxury, I think. Um, back home, the, the place keeps me safe and I have hundreds of relatives all over the place um, that I can call on. Um, and my best friends, you know, lived five minutes away. Um, so, of course, it would make sense that, that living here would feel different. Um, and I feel like I have a lot of big questions that I haven't answered. I know a lot of people here now, and I get to know their personal geographies, how they, if they're not cool in mob, got here through family, relationships, work, study, and why they stay. And I'm always feeling like I got one foot out the door back home. And as I always reflect and grow my understanding and appreciation, 
of what it's like to be on Rwandri Kulin country, what it's like to acknowledge elders past, present, future. And I often do so with my football boots on the ground, studs digging up turf, sometimes bringing mud back home that dries quickly into a layer of skin until I wash it off. The zebras were recommended, recommended to me by a friend. As I know now having this really friendly, treat, friendly team that has a long social history, there's even been a book about the team called The Mighty Bras. <laughs> the current makeup of the team is like total overachievers, excelling in multiple disciplines, whether refugee advocacy or indigenous health and well-being. And talking with Emily, who's Wiradjuri from central New South Wales, on that first night of training, was a major motivator to join the team. This was a team that I could feel welcome in. You don't need to drive me all the time, I said to Corinne for the thousandth time as she sped down Ligon Street. I can make my own way to training, it's okay. And Corinne told me, when I first moved here from California, and I didn't know anyone, someone did the same thing for me. And I'll always remember it. The zebras host multiple social gatherings per week. It's a little bit much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and they resemble a composite family, Aboriginal, Brazilian, Asian, European, and everyone legit loves each other and doesn't seem to need time apart. <laughs> it hasn't, it's not, hasn't been my experience in the past. Um, <laughs> So I just need to like give a little season wrap because we did pretty well this year. Um, <laughs> we started strongly, uh, registering a few hard fought wins um, before we had a tough matchup against the youthful Ringwood, fourth on the ladder and 6.30 p.m. on a Friday night and a storm forecasted. So in Queensland, that game would have been called off. It's not because we're soft, it's just dangerous, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I was thinking of my backup plans, you know, like looking at the radar and stuff. Um, but in Victoria, games are not cancelled. <laughs> and we're still required to go out there. Um, so Corinne picked me up and, and um, you know, we spent like a terrifying half an hour on the freeway that was pretty much like an ocean. And yeah, we got there and the mood was pretty low. Um, when we were told that the referee said, you know, the game's going ahead. Um, and we were like warming up in the dressing sheds, but we didn't really have, you know, room to move. But um, so it wasn't our best warm up. Um, and yeah, I mean, we can blame the conditions, but you know, really we weren't mentally prepared for that game. Um, and we lost 4-2. Um, and I, I had to come off early with a foot injury. Um, so Corinne and I were seething silently and head to toe drenched the whole way home. And I, 
I felt like crying, you know. I was so disappointed to lose that match. Um, but it really revealed, like, how much our team was taking this seriously. And that went on to be our only loss of the season. Um, we just were like, we're not going to lose again. Um, <laughs> and uh, we did have three draws, which meant that we finished second. Um, but it really felt like we'd won. Uh, we're so proud of how we went this season. And last weekend, um, our captain, Bridget, read off a 7,000-word end-of-season speech. <laughs> um, in which each player of the team was named an ingredient in a Boston bun. <laughs> you had to be there. Anyway. <laughs> So, and yeah, also been really grateful to have friends come and watch the games and I try and encourage as many people to come as possible. Um, you guys should all come and <laughs> cheer us on. Um, and yeah, I've, I've realised that I do need a team. You know, this is not the story of how a total loner like myself became a social addict. I still do appreciate my space and time and, and a day or two a month where I don't see anyone, um, except maybe people at the laundromat, but I don't know. Um, but I've been learning that building um, a friendship sometimes only needs two things, time and openness. And they were things that I had become poor at until I moved here. Um, and I needed to reach out. So I'm reaching and my arms have never been longer. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For tickets and dates, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late night ramblings and pictures of my dog, Frank, follow Maeve Marsden on Twitter. For discount tickets to my shows, as well as other perks, become a supporter of my work on crowdfunding platform Patreon for as little as $4 per month. Check out mavemarsden.com for more information. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.